What's your favorite way to learn? I like graphic novels because I can see who's talking. My grandma reads the newspaper to me. I like movies on TV. I play learning games on my dad's tablet. I like reading plain old regular books with lots of detail. This is Worlds Awaiting, helping children read, write, see, speak, think, and listen. Here's our host, Rachel Wada. When I look up into our mountains at this time of year and see them dusted with snow, I know that we've entered that time of year filled with holiday celebrations. All over the world, homes are filled with festivities celebrating the religious and the secular in a myriad of different ways. My Jewish friends are celebrating with lighted candles and potato latkes. My Christian friends will be celebrating with lighted pine trees and fancy puddings. My friends in Sweden will celebrate Twelfth Night, and my African-American friends will be celebrating Kwanzaa. Each of these celebrations has their own special elements and traditions. Families will gather for games and gifts, food and song. There is such great diversity in our family traditions, but in the end, each of these celebrations share many of the same things as they celebrate love, togetherness, and tradition. Holiday traditions are important to all of us. They are used to convey our values and to give us a sense of pride and belonging. These traditions bind us together, not only as individual families, but as larger communities. As the holiday season arrives, it's a great time to talk to our children to help them to understand why our family has its traditions and why they are important to us. For example, helping a child understand the history behind why we light candles each night helps them to develop a sense of pride in our traditions. Making these connections to one's religious and cultural heritage helps us to strengthen our individual identities, which in turn helps children to be well-adjusted and more confident. This is also a great time to let children join in the fun. Let them help in making the traditional foods or crafting the decorations. Helping children engage directly in the activities is one of the best ways to build lasting memories that over the lifespan can help us to combat loneliness and anxiety. So no matter if your wish is for a happy Hanukkah or Merry Christmas or a joyous Kwanzaa, we here at Rachel's World wish you a holiday season filled with traditions that connect your children to their heritage and culture. What is the holiday season? Well, that depends entirely on where you live and the culture you come from. Where does Hanukkah fit in your life or culture, if it does at all? Known as the Festival of Lights and the Feast of Dedication, Hanukkah is observed for eight days and nights, sometime between late November to late December. Here on Worlds Awaiting, we wouldn't want to pass up the opportunity to talk about literacy as it relates to holidays. So today, we're focusing on children's Hanukkah books. Our host, Rachel, talks with book expert Rachel Kamen, who shares some of her favorite titles dealing with interfaith families and how they celebrate their multiple faith traditions. They'll also talk about ways that some Jewish families practice their Judaism in the wider world. Rachel Kamen is past chair of the Sidney Taylor Book Award Committee, which recognizes the best Jewish children's books every year. She currently serves as the Children and Teen Book Review Editor, for the Association of Jewish Libraries. Here are the two Rachels, Rachel Wadham, host of Worlds Awaiting, and her guest, Rachel Kamen. We're on the phone today with Rachel. Welcome, Rachel. Hi. I'm so happy to be here. It's an honor and a pleasure. 
Rachel, I am honored to have you here today as well. This is such a wonderful and important topic, and I am so excited to express your insights to our listening audience. So to start off, tell us a little bit about your background and a little bit about why this topic is so important to you. Sure. Well, I've been a Judaica librarian for over 20 years now. Um, I've worked in the public library setting, but I've spent most of my career in the synagogue library setting. Uh, right now, I work at North Suburban Synagogue Bethel in Highland Park, Illinois, which is outside of Chicago. And during my entire career, I have been very involved in the Association of Jewish Libraries and um, had the great honor to serve on the Sidney Taylor Book Award Committee, um, which is a committee that recognizes recognizes the best Jewish children's books that are published each year. Um, And then currently, I'm serving as the review editor for children and teen books for the Association of Jewish Libraries Review Journal. And, you know, Hanukkah is a fun, wonderful time, and we're lucky that we get lots and lots of children's books published around Hanukkah. But unfortunately, they're not all Um, they're not all as wonderful as we would hope them to be. So I think it's very important to guide Jewish readers and non-Jewish readers to to the best of the children's books out there and to the best holiday children's books that are out there. Rachel, that is such an important point. And one of the reasons that I'm so grateful to have you on the show today is to really help us understand what we should be looking for. So what kinds of qualities do you particularly look for in a really excellent Jewish children's book or in a a children's book about Hanukkah? So we're always looking for books that exemplify outstanding literary and artistic quality. I mean, any book that we're looking at, of course. Um, But when we're evaluating books that depict the Jewish experience, I think accuracy and authenticity are essential. So obviously we want to see accuracy in dates and spelling and identification of objects and factual information. And we also want Jewish beliefs and characters and settings and experiences to be portrayed without like an over-sentimentality or stereotyping in both the words and in the pictures. Um, And we also need to be aware of oversimplification. Too often we see concepts related to Judaism and Jewish practice and Jewish belief, which are complex and sophisticated concepts, but sometimes in children's books we see them oversimplified to the point that it can be distorted or misleading. So we want to make sure that in children's books we're depicting individuals who are interacting with Jewish belief and tradition and history and practice in a manner that's both truthful and respectful. Um, so I'll give you a recent example. I was reviewing a book about Hanukkah that was part of an early reader series, and it covered all the typical aspects of the holiday. It was full-color photographs, uh, family lighting the menorah, playing the dreidel, eating sufganiyot, which is one of the traditional foods. And so while the text was appropriate for the intended audience, um, especially as a means for introducing non-Jewish readers to the holiday, one of the photographs really stuck out at me as being extremely problematic. Um, It showed a father and a mother, a child and a grandfather, and they were seated around the table with a menorah um, that we light for Hanukkah, so that was fine. But the grandfather was wearing a tallit, which is a prayer shawl. And you do not wear a tallit when you recite the Hanukkah blessings, and you don't even really wear a tallit when you're in your house, and you don't wear a tallit at night, and that's when the Hanukkah candles are lit. So that was very odd that that was there. And then there was a plate of matzah on the table which is for Passover. (laughs) So I couldn't help but 
say to myself, like, who, who decided on this? You know, who staged this photograph? While it's heartening to see that Hanukkah is included, you know, this was an early reader series about holidays that had the Chinese New Year and Christmas and Easter and Cinco de Mayo and the Day of the Dead and Ramadan and Diwali. So, you know, we want Hanukkah um, and other Jewish holidays to be included in these types of series. But, you know, we kind of have to discredit, discard the entire book. I love that insight because it really is true. We want to look so detailed at these books and really determine that they are expressing a, particularly a faith tradition in the most accurate way. The, the tricky thing for me, though, is as not a member of your faith tradition, I don't know if I would have noticed that. I probably exactly. wouldn't have noticed that that was a problematic thing. Um, and I know kind of stereotypically the prayer shawl is something that I associate with Jewish faith. I just may not know exactly how and when it's used. So sure. how can we as people outside of the faith tradition maybe be a little more sensitive and maybe a little more critical of what we're reading? Yeah, I think it's important um you know, I hate to say to always be wary of those kind of mass market <laughs> produced series, because obviously some of them are good, but, but I think it never hurts to be a little wary of them. Um, and, you know, because I think, well, if the Hanukkah one had a problematic illustration, I don't have a lot of faith that the one about Ramadan or Diwali or Cinco de Mayo is going to be accurate either. And like you, I wouldn't necessarily know. I'm not qualified to review those titles. So, you know, I think like, you know, as librarians, we all know, you know, you look for books that are reviewed by reputable sources. So, you know, to not just buy things sight and seen and make sure that it's been reviewed by a reputable source. And the Association of Jewish Libraries, when you're looking at Jewish children's books, is a, is a reputable source. Um, the National Jewish uh, Book Council is another source that reviews Jewish children's books. So sometimes I feel like if it's got the, you know, stamp of approval maybe from a Jewish organization, then, you know, you know it's good. And, and I hate to also, sometimes I feel like, am I being too nitpicky? You know, does this illustration really ruin the book? Is it really damaging or harmful that a non-Jewish child sees that picture? And, you know, on the one hand, I say, no, it's not the end of the world. But, but then on the other hand, I say, no, but we want, we want the best books for our kids. And I don't want to have to settle for something that's got a, a wrong and problematic illustration. And like you said, you know, people are aware of the talit, the prayer shawl, but they don't know when and where it's worn. But we want our children's books to help educate about that, not to just continue to uh, feed the misconceptions. That is such a tricky balance. I know, like you, I have read many misconceptions in children's literature about my own faith tradition. And it it does ruin the book for me as a reader, but I have those same questions of, you know, is this going to be that harmful <laughs> for somebody that isn't of my faith tradition that reads it? So it's, it's, a, it's a really delicate balance that we play in really trying to sensitively depict these types of things. I know particularly um, with some of the work that you've done that you look um, at interfaith families and families that have multi-faith traditions. So would you speak a little bit to uh, about how you look at those books? Do you look at them a little bit differently or are you looking for something similar or something different than you have mentioned in, in your, the things you look for in the previous books? Sure. Yeah. And I think, um, and that's a very important topic because as I'm sure you believe, I believe strongly that all children need to see themselves in books and interfaith families and multi-faith families are a reality. They are 
part of our society and culture. They're not, you know, I don't think they're going away. So um, there are many families that celebrate both holidays, and it's important that those children see themselves in books. But again, we want that to still be authentic and accurate and, and depict with sensitivity. So there's a couple of books that I really like. One is My Two Holidays, A Hanukkah and a Christmas Story, which is by Danielle Novak, and it's illustrated by Phyllis Harris. And the little boy, Sam, feels self-conscious because he's the only kid in his class who celebrates two holidays. His mother's Jewish and his father's Christian. But during the course of the book, his mom helps him to understand that celebrating both Christmas and Hanukkah is one of the things that makes their family special. So, of course, in the end, Sam realizes that, you know, celebrating both holidays means more fun and and lots of love. Um, And then there's another book called Eight Candles in a Tree by Simone Bloom Nathan, which is illustrated by Brian Barber. And it covers pretty much the same ground with two neighbors where, um, you know, one of the children has a Christmas tree and uh, a menorah. And she invites her neighbor, Tommy, over to have a Hanukkah party. And she explains why they have both. And, of course, in the end, when she's asked which holiday she likes better, she's going to say that she loves both of them the same. And those are books that, that depict a family celebrating both holidays, but celebrating them separately, you know, not trying to mash the holidays together to create, you know, to create one conglomerate Christmas Hanukkah celebration. And, and personally, those are the ones that I tend to prefer, because I think it's important to note that Hanukkah is not the Jewish Christmas. Christmas is one of or the most important holiday in the in the Christian tradition, Hanukkah is a minor holiday. And it's only because of its proximity on the calendar to Christmas that American Jews in particular have kind of inflated its its meaning and its traditions. But I think it's important to to keep in mind that it is not the most important holiday for Jews. You know, our most important holidays are and we have lots of them. <laughs> Hanukkah doesn't even make like the top five list, you know, if we we look at Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, Passover, um, and then there's even a second group of holidays, uh, Sukkot, Simchat Torah, and Shavuot, and then, you know, then we start to get to Hanukkah, so it's it's pretty far down on the list. One more, I do want to mention it because it's brand new, just in time for Hanukkah this year, so I just saw a review copy. It's called Queen of the Hanukkah Dosas by Pamela Ehrenberg, Pamela and the illustrations are by Anjar Sakar. And it's um, a family. There's a boy and his little sister, and his mother is Indian, and, and his grandmother is Indian, and he has a Jewish father. And the way that they combine their two traditions is at the Hanukkah feast, they include the Indian dish of dosas, which is also fried in oil, just like the traditional Jewish foods that we eat at Hanukkah, potato lakis and the sufganiyot, the fried jelly donuts. And we fr- Jews fry, we eat foods fried in oil to remind us as of, of the miracle of the oil that lasted in the temple for eight nights. So the fact that this family, there's an Indian dish that's also a fried food, so they introduce that into their Hanukkah feast. And I think um, it, it's really a lovely book and illustrates how diverse the Jewish community is. Not just It's not just an interfaith family, but you're dealing with different cultures. Um, and that's something maybe we hadn't seen so much of yet. So be on the lookout for the queen of the Hanukkah dosas. Thank you for those recommendations, Rachel. We're going to take a quick break and hear from a member of our World's Awaiting team, Jess Barzello, as she gives us a review of Jackie's Gift. Jackie's Gift by Sharon Robinson and illustrated by E.B. Lewis. 
It's a wonderful true story of Jackie Robinson and his family when they first moved to Brooklyn that Christmas. And they meet a neighbor boy down the street who is a huge fan. They help and he helps them set up their Christmas tree one day. And Jackie asks him, oh, do you, does your family have one? And he says, no. Little boy Steve says, no, I don't. So Jackie brings over a Christmas tree, um, misunderstanding that Steve's family doesn't have a Christmas tree because they're actually Jewish. And so it, it opens up this beautiful conversation between these two families about tradition of acceptance. And I really love this conversation that Steve has with his parents. And he's they have the Christmas tree and he's saying, oh, I just want to keep it. It's you know, for my hero. And and his father tries to explain that we don't celebrate Christmas. This is a symbol just like the menorah is a symbol for Hanukkah and, and what we believe. And then Steve begins a dialogue of, but it's it's a gift, and you always tell me to accept gifts in the spirit that they're given. And it also brings up a beautiful conversation about um, acceptance in both the race, as the Robinsons are African-American, they move to this very white neighborhood, and there's some tension there, but just as Steve's Jewish family and, and the history of his grandparents having to leave for America to seek peace and refuge, it's this beautiful mirror of finding understanding and serving those around you. And I love that it's a true story that Sharon is able to share with us about her father and her family. And I think that... It's a beautiful addition to this season's collections of picture books because it, it teaches children not only about acceptance and about other cultures and, and their traditions and accepting those and the importance of, of learning about things that are different from yourself, but also expressing what you believe and, and learning to serve others. And just it's overall a very positive message and one that should be added to anyone's collection and and celebrated, especially during the season, but really all year long. Thanks so much for that review, Jess. Now, speaking again with Rachel Kamen, who is offering us insights into Hanukkah and children's literature for that holiday season. Rachel, we've been talking a little bit about interfaith books and interfaith family books, but could you offer us maybe some titles of books that you think encapsulate the holiday for Jewish families? Sure. Two of maybe my favorite books for Hanukkah are by Michael J. Rosen. They're kind of older titles. Uh, one is Our Eight Nights of Hanukkah, and uh, which was a holiday heist house title from 2000, and the other one is Hanukkah Lights Everywhere, um, which was from 2001. And they both follow a contemporary family through the eight nights of Hanukkah, and the typical customs are illustrated lighting the menorah, singing songs, telling the story of the Maccabees, eating potato pancakes and chocolate gel, playing dreidel, exchanging presents. But the family in our eight nights of Hanukkah also has this tradition where they collect toys and clothes that they no longer need, and they wrap them up and they make cards. So one night of Hanukkah, they deliver them to a local homeless shelter. And then on another night of Hanukkah, they invite their non-Jewish friends and neighbors to share Hanukkah with them. And then on another night of Hanukkah, they go visit the home of a friend who celebrates Christmas. 
So um, I just love these books as just ways to kind of show um, how families are practicing their Judaism in the wider world and, you know, how Hanukkah and how Judaism plays a part in that wider world. Uh, There's a beautiful line at the end of Hanukkah Lights Everywhere where, um, and I don't have the book in front of me, but the narrator says something like, I look out at the stars and I realize how beautiful it is to to be Jewish in, you know, in this sky with so many other lights kind of thing, you know, that, that, that we can appreciate and marvel and enjoy the lights of all the traditions of the world. And that doesn't diminish our own light at all. That is just so stunningly beautiful. And I have read that book, too. And I agree that that ending is just so lovely because it really does say we're embracing faith here. You you mentioned earlier that Hanukkah really isn't that even important of a holiday for your faith. And the hard thing is, as Christians, that's what we would probably look at as kind of the top thing. But I would be interested to know, do you have any recommendations on those other traditions and other holidays and other things that you celebrate as a member of the Jewish faith that you would think would be great books for us to look at, too? Sure. Yeah. And I think that that's important that, you know, when you're um, in a public school setting, perhaps, I think that the only time that maybe Judaism is mentioned or or gets a little bit in the spotlight is at, at the holiday time. And that's just that's the society we live in. But we kind of would hope in an ideal world that the only time that children are exposed to Jewish holidays shouldn't be just at Hanukkah time. Just like when we look at Jewish history, we don't want the only thing to readers to know about Jewish history to be the Holocaust. You know, even though it's very important, that shouldn't be their only exposure to to Jewish history. So I think that it, there's a way, you know, I mean, um, when there's Jewish children in the public schools that are, are missing school, I mean, you're not going to miss school. Nobody misses school or work for Hanukkah, but there are children and coworkers who are going to miss school and miss work on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, the Jewish New Year and the Day of Atonement that come out in the, in the, that are in the fall typically. And so it's important, you know, maybe that's a nice time to explain to kids why somebody is not at school that day or is missing the football game or the baseball game or the soccer game, which my children often have to do when those holidays fall on the weekends. And there's some wonderful books. There's a National Geographic series by Deborah Heiligman, and she's got one for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. She has one for Hanukkah. She has one for Passover, and it's in a National Geographic type uh, style. It's pictures from all over the world, so it's not just depicting Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur as we celebrate in North America. It's showing how it's celebrated around the world um, with just really uh, diverse cast of characters uh, display, uh, displayed in the illustrations. And, you know, other things like I know I was so happy when my son's kindergarten teacher, when they were doing their gingerbread man uh, unit, you know, where they read all the different versions of the gingerbread man. And she included the version Matzah Man by Naomi Holland, which is a Passover story taken from the gingerbread man. So I think there's little things that we can do to expose kids to the holiday traditions. And it doesn't matter if it wasn't at, you know, I don't care that the kindergarten teacher reads Matzah Man and it's not Passover time. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. But that if you're doing a gingerbread man unit, let's, you know, let's include a, a Jewish version of this story that's a different setting and a different time. And I think that that's wonderful. 
Rachel, I truly appreciate your insights today. As a fellow woman of faith, I am so grateful for you being able to express your faith traditions for us today and help us understand a little bit deeper how we can engage our children with these traditions. And I'm so grateful for women like yourself and all of your colleagues who make things like the Snyder Taylor Book Award possible so that we can find the very best. So as we close up our conversation today, Today, what is one or two things that you would like our audience to remember about our conversation today? Oy. Um, just that there's a lot of books. I would say, you know, my local Barnes & Noble is always great about putting up the, the Hanukkah display. And, um, you know, and I think to just look at it with a discerning eye and, and make sure that, you know, if you're picking something up, either to give as a gift or to use in a public school setting or a public library setting or to share with your own your own child, that it's really the highest, that it's the highest quality. Um, and also, you know, I think um, I love seeing the, you know, Elmo gets a dreidel. I don't, that's not the title, but there's like a Hanukkah Elmo book and there's a Hanukkah Clifford book and, and there's a Curious George Hanukkah book. And we love that. I mean, they, they're kind of light on content maybe, and they're obviously not, you know, literature with a capital L, but, you know, they're not winning the Sydney Taylor Book Award. But um, we love seeing that. And, you know, if your child is, loves Clifford or loves Curious George or loves Elmo, that, that's, a, that's a great vehicle to expose your child to a little bit of diversity that, you know, let's, let's pick up this Elmo Hanukkah book or something like that. So I think that's wonderful. But to, that to also look beyond just Hanukkah um, and, you know, and explore Jewish folk tales and explore Jewish history and explore some of these other holidays that, you know, don't get as much of a spotlight in mainstream culture. And, and obviously I would love to come back. We can talk Passover books in the spring. We can talk Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur books in the fall. Um, you know, I'm happy to come back and talk about those books anytime with you. We look forward to having you on the show show again, Rachel. I am such an advocate for religious diversity in children's literature, and I look forward to sharing your insights with my listeners again. Thank you. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. It was my honor. Thanks again to Rachel Kamen for joining us today and offering us her insights. We'll turn again now to Jess Varzillo, a member of our World's Awaiting team, with her review of Runaway Dreidel. Runaway Dreidel by Lislea Newman and illustrated by Kirsten Brooker. This is a wonderful, whimsical story of a little boy, a little Jewish boy who has a new dreidel, and he spins it, but the dreidel goes out of control. It spins all through the house, down the street, out of the neighborhood, until it you know, goes across the sky and ends up as a star that they all, that the family dances around. And... It's really beautiful. It brings an awareness of the Hanukkah tradition and Jewish culture in a really beautiful way. It's also very rhythmic as it's set to the tune of Twas the Night Before Christmas. And so kids reading this book will easily latch on to the rhyme and the rhythm of it and be able to sing along and transfer this universal tune and melody over to a new culture and a new tradition as they're learning about Hanukkah. What I really love about this book is its introduction to different foods and using Yiddish terms and how much 
family there is involved in the celebration, how they're all running after the dreidel and, and trying to help this little boy. It's just to give you an idea of, of what it sounds like, one line says, At home we ate latkes and lit the menorah, and then just for fun we all danced the hora. And it has this beautiful illustrated scene. Kirsten Brooker did a wonderful job of using oil paints and, and cut paper and and just just the celebration and this feeling of joy and light. You know, we might have different traditions from people around us, but ultimately we're all celebrating this beautiful time of the season of giving, of celebrating with our families, of spending time together and really how alike we are rather than our differences. Thanks for listening to Worlds Awaiting. Tune in Saturdays at 1.30 p.m. and weekdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 143, on the TuneIn app and at byuradio.org.